morning, Demon fans, and welcome back to the Demon Land podcast. My name is Andy, and once again, the Demons uh, didn't miss the opportunity to miss an opportunity. And, uh, you know, we're back back out of the eight. So uh, joining me tonight to discuss all this, uh, long-time Demon Lander George. Good evening, George. How are you? Good evening, Andy. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Groundhog Day. Haven't we seen and heard this all before? Yeah, it's a familiar tune to me. Uh, also joining us tonight is long-time caller to the show, Bim Man. Good evening, Bim Man. Good evening, Andy. Good evening, Demon Landers. And uh, it's spring is here, which is fantastic because the spring carnival's underway in the horse <laughs> racing. And tomorrow, fee and stake, there's a horse, a vibe bet exasperates running around at 30 to 1. And that's how I feel at the moment. Is pretty exasperated. <laughs> um, you know, we love hearing from Dean Landers. Uh, if you would like uh, to join the program tonight to discuss any of the topics that we talk about, uh, give us a call on zero three nine zero one six three triple six. And I'll just yeah, I have Skype open, uh, or you can uh, Skype us at uh, Demonland thirty one. If you're listening to the show live, come join us in the chat room. Uh, you can ask us a question, post a comment, head over to demonland.com slash podcast. If you're listening to the show at your leisure via SoundCloud on demonland.com or via an Apple or an Android podcasting app, give us a subscribe. Uh, you'll receive an update when a new show drops. And don't forget to leave us a favorable review, as a couple of you have done in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we're also on Spotify and Stitcher. You can get the show that way too. Go to demonland.com to find the links to your preferred method of listening. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, Facebook at facebook.com uh, slash demonland31 Twitter at demonland on Instagram at demonland31 or on YouTube just search for demonland podcast and listen to some of the interviews that we've conducted with current and past players and coaches if you love chatting about the D's 24-7 uh, all year round why not uh, join up to demonland.com and chat with other D's fans about this great club now with that all out of the way um, um, guys, you can't get much more Melbourne, uh, a Melbourne performance than that. Uh, you know, we're in the eight with a game, you know, with a game in hand against, and we've got a low rank side to consolidate our position. And, you know, we've got a fit team with a practically practical full list, uh, to choose from. And then we fail to turn up. Uh, how frustrating, uh, is it for you guys, uh, George, uh, frustrating, <laughs> I might have lost George. George, uh, uh, Bim Man, are you there? Yes, um, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I mean, we might have lost George um, uh, for a sec. Extraordinarily frustrating. And, and I guess the um, it begs a, a bigger question about um, the club in terms of, you know, the, the sense that this was not a surprise. Um, you know, you hear people with media say, um, words to the effect that you can't trust Melbourne and um, the reason you can't trust Melbourne is because we lose these sorts of games. Um, and, you know, this is not just a new thing. This is not something that's uh, that's happened under good Goodwin's watch, but it's um, we'll talk about it a bit more late, uh, later about what his role in that is might be in terms of his responsibility to get his team prepared. But it goes back a long way. There's a, a long history at the club of losing games that, um, you know, that we just don't turn up for. It's not um, a new thing um, and it's sort of, you know, you follow Melbourne long enough and you start to wonder if it's part of the DNA of the footy club to to not have the, um, you know, to not have the, the ability to win the big games and perhaps it's as simple as not having enough good players in any um, given team. I mean, I, I you know... I, I, 
going through social, you know, demon land and social media today, it, it seems it was the common theme uh, running amongst many demon fans that they just knew, and this was even pre-game, they just knew that this was the type of game that we were going to drop. Um, nothing has changed. Uh, uh, George, you would have... Uh, uh, welcome back, George. I hope you're back. Uh, you, I back. You certainly wouldn't have been surprised uh, uh, with us, with the way we played, you know. It, it's such a big game for us. Um, you know, we're in a perfect position to consolidate uh, our position in the eight, and uh, it was such a Melbourne performance. Uh, and we're just... I was just talking with Big Man... Neither of us are surprised with what uh, with what transpired. Yeah, it was uh, it was disappointing for everyone. Again, we've seen this all before, all too often, unfortunately. And um, uh, th- there were no excuses. Sydney had had a five ba- day break as well, and uh, we looked lethargic right from the very start um, across the board. There just wasn't any, the intensity that was required to win the game, and. It, um, there aren't any easy beat teams really um, apart from Adelaide this year and um, we gave them the opportunity early on and failed to um, capitalise on our opportunities and uh, we got the result that was sort of expected. You know, uh, you said, you know, we came out of the blocks looking flat, Both, but, you know, where's the excuse? Both teams were coming, I'm trying to find an excuse here, both teams coming off a five-day break Um I believe that the Swans had already spent a few days in Cairns prior to the match, whereas we flew in on the day. Um, How much of it can we pin on the five-day break and the previous week's game being in the heat of Alice Springs? Um, I guess the Swans made less changes than we did but looked far fresher and were more switched on than we did. So are we mentally fragile? Can we blame it on – can we blame it on the turnaround, the heat of Alice Springs – Coming up on the morning, you know, five hours before the game, um, I believe also last week we left, we finished the game and left straight away and got home at three in the morning, you know. How much can we blame, you know, <laughs> where does the blame lie here? Uh, Bin Man, uh, can you work anything out? Well, I mean, I think there's a there's always a challenge with sort of pointing out some of the things around fatigue um, you know, we've played at a lot of different grounds in the last six, seven weeks. We've played in Adelaide and Alice Springs, Metricon, which is a two-hour bus ride. Um, you know, even the Gabba's a three-hour round trip back to Marucci Door. We've, um, you know, we've been, I think I read that we've played the last eight games at eight different venues. Is that something like that? It sounds um, right. You know, there's definitely, you know, the factor of the hub. There's a whole lot of unpredictable issues. Who knows how people recover from the, the, the game. We um, played in the heat, obviously, the Alice Springs. It was another hot game. All of them are reasons to, um, you know, not play well, absolutely. Um, where it becomes problematical is they're not excuses, really, are they? And, um, um, you know, maybe some of them might fly against Port, who were flying at that point in time, but... We're playing against a team that also had um, only five days and travelled from Adelaide. But be that as may, we, you know, aside that we've a fourteenth on the ladder, had only won four games coming into that one. Um, we should have been able to play at seventy percent and still beat them. That was the real concern. Um, and you know, the, those factors are all real; they're all there. Um, but the best teams win those games when they're not playing well. And look at what Port have done in the last three, four weeks. They've won games. 
against similar opposition where they haven't been anywhere near their best um, and they've been able to do it just as Geelong did last week against the Dogs. Um, they were six goals down against the Dogs. They came out flatter than we were in this game, um, hard to believe but true. Um, and I was still um, pretty confident they would get back into that game, Geelong, um, and they did. They came back from a six-goal deficit to win because they're a professional outfit um, with players with really good skills. And I think, you know, it's a big question mark over how well we prepare and how well we are prepared. George, um, uh, we were talking uh, before the show just about whether we should have been, you know, hubbing up uh, in Cairns. We're playing there two weeks in a row. Um, We've turned up on the day. Obviously, there wasn't a big turnaround. So, I mean, what do you think we should have done? Or maybe it wasn't, you know, the the choice might not have even been in our hands. I I believe we flew up with Frio, uh, who are now hubbing up there. what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I, I think that's just the reality of the situation. It was beyond our control. Um, coming out of Alice Springs, we had to fly back to um, Maroochydore because obviously they didn't want St Kilda up in Cairns, uh, who were sharing the plane with us. And then the um, the thing that, that people don't understand with this whole COVID situation is that um, the, the teams are being flown around on charter flights. Um, there's not regular services that are going from Adelaide to Cairns or uh, from Maroochydore to, to Cairns and things like that. Um, they're just a charter flight that's been already preempted, sorry, pre-booked by the AFL to, to move players and officials and, and um, even, I'd imagine, uh, media staff and all the other associated people at certain times. Um, having flown back from Alice Springs um, and arriving back at 3am wouldn't have been practical to come up the next day. People would have been completely and utterly shattered. So a couple of days in Maroochydore would have been the sensible um, situation to try and get some rest, some recuperation and then fly up. I think it's probably only about a two and a half hour flight at the most um, uh, up to uh, Cairns, maybe three hours. But, um, you know, it's it's the best, probably the best um choosing the best option out of a not great option given that we only had you know effectively five five days and with the flights four and a half days maybe even four days between uh the uh the travel components so um it's not an excuse it's simply not an excuse as bin man said um geelong managed to do it when when it's all on the line um we don't seem to be able to do it and even in this game despite the fact that we were flat um when we get opportunities and had opportunities to kick straight in front of goal, and I counted at least five opportunities inside 30 metres that were um, either miskicked or stuffed up, um, those five kicks, if they'd gone through the goal, would have completely reversed the, the outcome of the game. So it was all in our hands, and we didn't take the opportunity. Yeah, and the, I mean, the other thing I'd say about preparation is, so all of those factors are real, um, and but I guess those factors... They're known factors. They're not unknown factors. Um, the wind was, a, as soon as I saw it was windy, that concerned me because we simply don't play well in the wind. It's exactly as we talked about um, in the game against the Dogs. Um, and, I, you know, I think in large part it's because of how poor our kicking technique is. It gets exposed in the wind. But also it requires a, a subtle adjustment to your game plan. You can't just uh, run with the same game plan and... Um, you know, so a lot of those factors are known coming in. And so the question mark I have is, 
again, it goes back to to Goodwin's role as a coach, and and I I appreciate it's a contested um, argument about. Um, the role of the coach and and what role they play in preparing their players and being ready for a game of football and and I totally acknowledge that of course the players have responsibilities but personally I'd have it at about a 50 50 50 percent the coach's job 50 percent of the individual players getting ready and that's enough that's now three four games this season they've turned up not ready to play a game of footy even with the fatigue even not on song, if they had been mentally switched on right from the beginning of that game, we would have won it, even if they didn't play that well. But three seconds into the game less, um, Petrarca got the ball from a beautiful tap from Gorn, handled it to Salem, obviously a set play, and Salem gets run down from behind. That's just that's unforgivable. And, and again, alarm bells started ringing right there for me, and, and they never stopped ringing right through the match. Um, when you go back to, to selection for this game, uh, did we lose this match at selection table? Obviously, Hibbert out was uh, beyond our control, and that that hurt us. Um, uh, what did you think of this? <coughs> excuse me, uh, the selections of Joel Smith. Um, uh, look, we've had they've they've omitted Vandenberg, Hannon, um, and they've managed uh, Pickett. Um, well, Pickett. We were sort of saying maybe he needed a break, but we sort of lacked a bit of pace. Uh, you know, brought back in Fritch, who, who obviously was only out because of an indiscretion. But uh, yeah, what, what did you? Oh, I'm, I might go to you first. Joel Smith, Harms, Neil Bullen. Uh, what did you think of those? The changes we made at selection. Should we brought in a bit of pace? Yeah, I actually quite liked. I mean, I predicted on Demonland before the game that um, Papley uh, Smith might go to Papley, and um, yep. um, it proved to be the case. And I thought he played pretty reasonably. Actually, Smithy did a good job. If you'd said before that game, um, Papley's not going to kick a goal, mm. um, uh, you'd be well pleased. And sure, he set up a couple of goals, but Papley's their best footballer. Yep. He's the best footballer in that team, or certainly the most um, potentially damaging on the scoreboard. He didn't kick a goal. That's that. That's the fact in a game we lost. Um, but we didn't have enough pace. Harms looked a million miles off it. Um, mm. You know, I think that that was a – and not only did he look a million miles off it, he was played in a position that he hadn't been playing um, up forward initially, I think, wasn't yep. it, George? Yeah. Um, mm. And he just hadn't – until the end of the game, he, he redeemed himself slightly. Um, but, you know, we were too big down back. Oscar McDonald had his worst game – that I can recall um, that so that exacerbated Tomlinson had to go back. Um, we were too big down there, but as so often is the case this season, it's not the bigs that cause the problem for us. It's the medium and smalls who kick the opposition's goals. And, you know, so again, you question why uh, Lockhart didn't come in because mm. we had no one on the ground ball gets inside the defensive 50. And um, yeah, we did look lumbering, didn't we? I don't know what Lockhart's done not to get a game. He, he, got dropped and you just can't get back in. Uh, George, uh, your thoughts on on, sele- on the selections? Um, I'm not a fan of Smith whatsoever, unfortunately. Um, uh, I don't think he's a backman and never has been. Um, he ki- you, you might remember he kicked five goals, I think it was, on one leg at a Casey no, game four, two think, years but, ago. Yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's got far more... Um, Opportunity, I think, as as a as a forward than a backman. Um, I don't think he was the right person at all. And Sydney's two first 
goals came from uh, Smith intervening probably when he shouldn't and uh, hitting the ball to firstly to Papley and then that finished up in the goal square that resulted in a goal. And the second one was a clean hit straight to a Sydney's player who snapped it. Um, I don't think he's got the um, uh, the necessary defensive mindset. He reminds me very much of Frost and why we got rid of Frost. And I think he completely um, uh, uh, upset the whole defensive structure with the way that he was playing. Um, it's not, it wasn't surprising that he was left on the bench for the whole of the last quarter. I think um, uh, that that in itself was was enough um, to, to show that the coaching staff also saw the failings of him. Uh, the rest of them, uh, um, supposedly we wanted the pace of the people we put in for pace, A and B, and maybe even Harms and Fritch, didn't show any of it. No. Um, uh, a and B continually r- reminds me of the old Jack Tyre saying he's often where the ball isn't, um, runs around a lot, doesn't get to contests like he did in 2018, and people still still seem to remember this. He just doesn't get to the contest to be able to put the pressure on not to the contest uh, as much as the individual players. Um, Fritsch um, up forward, zero tackles. He wasn't on his own there, but um, you know, compared to the previous week when um, the forward line was putting plenty of pressure on the ball coming out, it was complete chalk and cheese this week. So um, I don't think the Inns did us any favours whatsoever in what we were trying to um, uh, change or improve to, to play against Sydney. Um, and the four of them shouldn't have should have been fit and um, fit and uh, full of run, and that certainly wasn't the case, unfortunately. Yeah, and the I mean the tackling pressure, Fritch was his pressure was terrible. Melksham's pressure was terrible. Um, there's you know there's a leader of of the team. Um, some of the um, A and B's sort of efforts i mean his effort was there i guess but um the number of tackles that they walked through was just just ridiculous um you know up forward i thought spargo worked hard but again mm. you know missed tackles um yeah there was a real lack of pace but harms was a concern because he asked the question well why was harms dropped he was dropped because of his form had been terrible um and i suspect a big factor was his lack of work rate and work ethic in the um, in the weeks leading up to being dropped. Um, what did he do to redeem that? Well, like he didn't play a game unless he I don't know if he played it, Andy in that scratch game. Um, but if he's if that's the effort he's going to bring back to the team after being dropped, well, I'd drop him and I wouldn't bring him back this season because it just simply wasn't good enough from Harms. And you know he's the sort of player that we needed to stand up and. I mean, Wiedemann's got plenty of credit in the bank this year. He's, he's done well, but two possessions for a game of football for your key forward um, isn't good enough, simply not good enough. Yeah, I don't believe that was. I don't believe Harms played in uh, in the scratch match because he was the carryover. If you remember, before the game, he was uh, right. he yeah. was warming up uh, last week. So yeah, uh, go ahead, George. Yeah, I was just further on the forward line that, that um, Fritch had zero tackles, Melcham had zero tackles yet again, and Wiedemann zero tackles as well. So there's half your forward line failed to put um, uh, any effort into into holding the ball in the forward line. It's not surprising the results that we get, quite frankly, when uh, half of them are, are just not putting in. Yeah, and the other selection that I found really perplexing was... Um, 
Jones being selected again because he looked cooked the previous week. He'd given um, Goodwin a gilded opportunity to drop him with that. Um, for, you'd hope that was fatigue-related, not just lack of concentration. Whatever the case, he almost cost us the game with that turnover. Played okay in the second quarter, uh, sorry, second half. But he spent time um, you know, he, uh, off the ground with um, injury last week, coming off missing the game the previous week with awareness um, and, again, looked like he hurt himself um, and, again, again, did a completely, I, I think, an even worse mistake. The first, the, the kick against St Kilda was just a, a mistake. The decision to not take the shot for goal when we desperately needed a goal and instead try and dinky kick to the pocket uh, and then hit the man on the mark was, if he doesn't get dropped for that, I'll... I'll um, I will be genuinely um, angry with the selection. Was was he actually um, off the ground after that? I, there, there was a suggestion that actually he injured himself, and the reason he kicked it off was because he knew he couldn't kick it. Well, then he shouldn't have been kicking it. Then he should have gone off injured. He should have said, "Put his hand up and said, i hurt yeah. myself.' Yeah, because if he can't Agreed. kick forty meters dead in front of the goal, how's he thinks he's going to kick it twenty meters to a guy? Out in the, which would have put the person on the angle, whoever it was, too. So uh, yeah. he did play after that, but he was off the um, ground for a big chunk of that last quarter. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. yeah, I saw he only had 39%. I wasn't quite sure at what point he was off the ground. That was all. There was a, I think he was pretty much off the ground for the whole last quarter. And that I think yeah. that was the second quarter, wasn't it? Was that the second quarter he did that? Um, yeah. It was a, just a terrible decision from... It, the it, next skipper. It, it really yeah. it really summed up the night for us when he had that opportunity uh, and it, it was a good opportunity to turn the momentum a little bit uh, with a shot on goal and that was just a, a la- he lazily turned around he kicked it on his I think his non-preferred foot uh, straight into the man on the mark. It's just unforgettable, and I've got the utmost respect for the guy. You know, he's carried the team on his shoulders through some dark times for this club. Um uh, but I think we have to forget about getting him to 300 as much as I would love to. Uh, he absolutely deserves it. But uh, you can't keep playing someone for that reason. And I, have a, I don't know if I'm uh, – I, I don't know if I'm just uh, – uh, do you think they're playing him to get him to there? Because uh, I don't think we can no, can afford to do it. And I really can't. hope – I don't know, know if I'm just being cynical and thinking that way, that that's what they're doing. And I really hope they're not, um, because uh, on form, I don't think he deserves the game. Sorry, you go, Ben. I was just going to say, I mean, on form, you could argue that he's actually not been too bad the last three weeks. But your point, Andy, about the um, selection and the decisions around lack of speed, well, they went, you know, any side that's got Tomlinson, Brayshaw, Oscar McDonald in it um, is struggling for speed right there. And if you then add Jones to that mix, that's four of your 22 um, players are genuinely slow footballers um, by foot. Um, he, you know, surely when you need, he's coming off a break. He looked tired last week. He looked knackered. You know, why? that's the time to rest him, isn't it? Because you want to bring in your fresh mm. players where we've got a full list to choose from. They yep. keep saying, why not bring in a, a Bedford or an Oscar Baker or a player with some fresh run in their legs or a Hunt? Um, because, you know, you need some speed, especially against – they. we knew they were going to pick a young team because um, they've got three or four of their more senior players out. So they're, they're a young, fresh, energetic team we're coming up against. Well, why not put your young players in and, and give them that challenge? I agree. Um, uh, Big Man, you touched on the wind. Um, you know, we just did, did not utilise the wind 
to advantage, whereas, uh, you know, conversely, they did, you know, in the second quarter, um, we couldn't score against it after they were able to to get two goals in in the in the first. You know, ultimately, you know, lost it in the second with those five unanswered goals to them. Uh, but that third quarter was the nail in the coffin. Uh, we spent uh, most of the quarter in attack and managed one goal, three uh, to their two points. So, and a net gain of seven points. You know, a decent side w- would have had you know a thirty point plus gain uh, on the basis of the opportunities that we had, and we just didn't take those opportunities. They've, they had a player. Is it McInerney, the yep. Um, yep. young fellow? Yep. Yep. I don't know what it must be. His third or fourth game of football. Yeah, it's. I reckon something. he's got a better kicking technique, <laughs> and I don't. I'm not being facetious or making jokes about this. He's got a. He's a better kick and got a better technique than 35 of our players. Um, he did not look like missing these two shots at goals that he had. Um, Luke Parker similarly had a shot from an angle that when he lined up for it, I, I had no question that he was going to kick it. A sound technique. Um, and we've got just, I said it against the dogs, we've just got too many players who aren't up to AFL standard with their kicking and wind always exacerbates poor technique. And, I mean, if the game for me was summed up by that miss by um, uh, Langdon in the last quarter and then Gorn's effort was laughable. Mm. Um, really, that both of them had terrible technique. Both of them were exposed because they weren't confident of getting a kick from a slight angle 30 metres out, um, and uh, they made us pay at the other end. Uh, you don't, you know, our disposal was pretty poor all match, but we miss shots that AFL footballers shouldn't get, and they kick shots that AFL footballers should get, and that's the difference. There's the four goal difference yep. right there. And, yeah, uh, we didn't get enough uh, from our forwards. Uh, uh, Sydney are a great defensive team. They like to do they do what Sydney does best. They clogged up our forward line, but then were able to, once one of them got the ball, they were able to handball it out and just waltzed out of our, um, our forward line with little to no pressure. And not just that, I mean, we had... So many Ford 50 entries. This was like 2019 revisited. Uh, I'd love to see how, some stats on how many games we've lost dominating the Ford 50s entries. Once again, we dominated that stat, 45 to 34. Um, only had the same amount of scoring shots. Um, and we we had no no crummer in the team, you know. Uh, Pickett, obviously not in the team, but hasn't been doing it. Spargo has only had a cameo this year for one quarter against the Pies. Uh, A and B hasn't been able to crumb this year much. Uh, we get nothing from, not much from Fritch in that and Melksham. Uh, arguably, they're not real crummers, but once the ball hits the deck, we've just got no one, no one there. Um, and just uh, the quality of our forward 50 entries has just been abysmal. It's it's pathetic. I mean, it's difficult to tell uh, from watching on TV, you know, whether what what's happening with the leads and all that. Um, but it just appears we're just bombing it in. So to me, that tells me we're not getting the leads from our players. Um, and part of it is part of it is like the, the ability of the players we've got. You know, for me, that we're middle of the table side and, and poor conditions expose that. Like it, it makes it. You know, we're fine if it's perfect conditions. So we've got that talent 
problem. Um, we've got, as I said, a number, too many players who aren't uh, AFL standard kick. So we're middle of the table there. I think we're going to have to really address that at the end of the season. And so that might mean some pretty, you know, no one's going to want to hunt, are they? So if we're going to trade in some decent players with skill, we're going to have to be looking at trading a Brayshaw or a Viney or um, otherwise there's no value uh, in it. Um, but the other issue, I think, is the game plan, which, um, you know, that's the game plan we've got. They're drilling it in the system so important. Um, but when the wind's like that, you have to slightly adjust the game plan, and they didn't, they couldn't. And partly that's a skill, partly that's a, you know, maybe we haven't been running with that game plan long enough. And partly it's a function, I think, of all the chopping and changing of the lineup that Goodwin's made. Um, you know, it's hard for them to know their roles if they keep taking key players out every week. Um, so, you know, I think that those things together, well, as soon as I saw the wind, it concerned me. Um, and, you know, we played stupid football. I think one of the interesting things is they could have thought about is we, I think we won the toss and we elected to go with the wind. We would have been better off um, going against the wind because we were in trouble as soon as we didn't take advantage of that. And we were playing stupid football. If we kicked into the wind, we would have at least been more conscious of chipping, moving the ball down forward smart we wouldn't have been able to just bomb bomb it long and that's the sort of thing i think where you know maybe that's a bit left field or but that's what good one if he knows his crew aren't ready that's a good way to think about a different way of getting them ready um you know we just didn't take advantage of it and it was topped off by brayshaw missing a goal on the siren at the end albeit from 50 meters but um, I, I don't think, I, think um, I, I don't think anyone would not go uh, kicking with the wind. That really is a left field uh, suggestion. But uh, you know what? Uh, stranger things have happened. Go ahead, George. Yeah, I, I think Ben Man's right though, in a sense that um, we 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 not only you don't use the wind uh, well, we don't read the wind as well. Mm. So um, if we'd gone against the wind for a start, it would have um, set in people's mind the um, the way that you should be attacking the the forward line, um, but as as we um, lost that opportunity in the first uh, quarter to take advantage of it, um, we we're always going to be behind. Sadly, um, I think Brereton in his commentary picked it up um, pretty well, where he said uh, people when you're going with the wind think they're going to be kicking seventy meters out, and that's all we tried to do yeah. kick it kick it seventy meters. But Sydney showed in the second yeah. quarter. When they had it, they'd actually dropped it into the hole and mm. out slightly out to the side. You know that was the smart player um, movements um, th that um, enabled them to score quite easily. The the other thing that Brereton picked up on, you know, and I don't like to keep pumping his tyres up <laughs> because I don't think he's much of a commentator, um, was um, the lack of the lack of pressure right from the very start from Wiedemann. It's all very well, you know, we get the ball in there, but when you when your main forwards playing against a relative um, at that stage a relatively young fullback, um, Lloyd was a bit further out, um, further up the ground. Um, but here was a big opportunity to really make your mark, and he was behind in contest after. And the worst part was he's reverted to style again from last year and the previous year, where he, if he doesn't get to the contest, he gives up. And um, uh, it's no surprise that the small forwards can't get anything when your main forward isn't actually bringing the ball to ground in the first place. Uh, so we've we've got some serious problems up there, apart from the um, continuous story that we keep banging on about, about the lack of forward pressure. 
but um, uh, Brown, I think, showed um, just being uh, a simple. Brown's a, a simple, straightforward footballer, and he had more tackles, more marks, and more goals than the rest of the forward line. That's um, a, a really sad indictment that someone who's 30 years old, um, rejected by his other club, effectively um, comes in and can perform consistently. I suspect it's because he's just a straightforward footballer and knows how to read the wind and how the wind affects the play. And on that's an interesting point, George. Wiedemann's other thing that he does, he's done all his career and, and it waxes and wanes a bit, but it was on full show uh, in this game is he runs on the ball um, mm-hmm. often. And I don't think it's because he doesn't like the contact from behind because he, he seems to attack the ball pretty well in the air. I think it's just that he misreads it. And he, he time after time yesterday, he ended up underneath the football with the ball going over the top. And, of course, we didn't have anyone over the back. You don't set people up over the back. You set your forwards in front of the pack. And, um, you know, I think it's a really good point, George, with um, yeah, Brereton's point um, uh, about dropping in into that hole in front. I mean, again, their, their goals were Luke Parker, Clark, Haywood, McLean, Roe Bottom, Lewis Taylor, Sam Wicks. McInerney's a bit taller, isn't he? But, you know, all that's again, it's the medium and small players that we can't control, uh, and they took advantage of that, uh, and we didn't have anyone playing that role, um, and we didn't have anyone taking a mark. I don't know how many marks we took inside 50, but I can't imagine it was more than a handful. Their forward line was also... Um very open, whereas uh, every time it went into our forward line, there were like 50 people in there. Um, it's impossible to, to sort of get anything happening with that, with that many people around the ball. Um, I was just trying to look to see marks inside 50. Uh, it was nine, nine apiece uh, marks inside 50. Hmm. So, I'm surprised we got as many as nine. Yeah. Well, I guess we did, and then we kicked points with them. Yes. That's, yeah. the, problem. That's the difference, isn't it? It is. Um, our, our midfield uh, didn't fire a shot all night. Uh, you know, for a team that prides itself on being a contested ball-winning clearance team, uh, we're getting beaten in the middle. Uh, it's happening week in, week out. Uh, 11 to 7 in the guts and 29 to 25 around the ground. On paper, it doesn't look terrible. Uh, but when you win the hitouts 38 to 19, it, it starts to paint a, a bit of a different picture. Uh, and even if when we did win the clearance, our ball use uh, for the most part was terrible. And they were all, uh, all of our midfielders were culprits uh, in this respect. Um, George, how'd you just see our midfield game? Yeah, it was pretty awful, wasn't it? Um, the um, I think it was a real contrast between Sydney's midfield and and what Binman was just talking or what was Binman or you were talking about the uh, contribution from the smalls and the mids coming up for Sydney and the complete uh, contrast with the lack of uh, input from our mids again this week we only had one uh, score a goal which was Brayshaw in the first quarter um, nothing else from the rest um, the other the other thing that I think we have to keep an eye on is uh, Viney. Um, mm. This week, despite the fact that he's at the bottom of every pack, he had 12 possessions in total, um, which I think he last week he was only mid-teens as well. He's just not getting the ball at all, um, which is a real concern given the time that he spends in the midfield. Um, maybe a, an option might be to um, uh, put him more forward and set an example about how to do some tackling for the forwards for a start but um, we're just not getting the value out of having him in the midfield while 
we're holding others on the outside who could, who could be filling the filling the roles. Um, there's also been a question about uh, Max's direction in terms of the hitouts that he's providing to the players. Um, he's getting the hitouts, but are are they actually to advantage or to the to the benefit of the side? Um, big question marks on that when you've. I think for the second week in a row had complete uh, dominance of the of the hitouts, but um, not getting the clearances. There's something. There's a, a real uh, non-connection that is occurring uh, around around those areas. The, um, um, I mean, the other thing about the mids is they looked de- dead leg, mm. didn't they? Brayshaw looked yep. slow. Oliver looked like he had no zing out of the pack. Uh, you know, even after. The half time. Yeah, he played. He played well. There's no, you know, he, his effort was there, um, but he just he didn't look as if he had energy. And um, nor did Maxi. I thought Maxi played well too. He put in his um, his usual lion-hearted effort, but he looked sort of tired around the ground. And you know, we talked last week about whether you bring Pruce and Gorn in, and um, agreed that it's probably not likely that they'd do that. But you know, maybe George is right in terms of doing that or even not playing Gorn in that match. I know that you want him in the team. Hindsight, if we'd lost it, people would have said, well, that's crazy. But, um, you know, he looked tired. And um, so that's surely a factor in terms of the midfield not having the dominance that we have when we're up and about. Um, I was just uh, reading uh, Welcome Great Briny in the in the chat room. Uh, nice to have you back. Um, uh, he says... Uh, the umps uh, missed it early in the third, but Melksham again ran into the protected space and he's cost us about five kilometres in 50s uh, this season. Uh, couldn't uh, agree more with that, uh, Great Viney. Um, I wanted to talk about um, our defence. Uh, sort of strange, uh, you know, we sort of... They moved uh, in, after half time. They've they've moved Omac out of defence um, into the forward line, um, which was strange. I guess this is more of a in 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 game coaching move. Uh, then Mays moved back later in the game. Oh, what, what did you, <laughs> Biman, uh, back line? Yeah, what was happening there? Um, I mean, again, one of the things that's always hard with the defence, isn't it, when the ball carrier isn't pressured. And, our, you know, part of the thing about coming into a game not switched on with the fatigue levels, not you know, our game is all about, all you know, all-team defence, everyone running hard. We saw it against St Kilda. Everyone said, great, you know, well done. They really worked hard. They, they saw the issue that uh, happened against the Dogs and they addressed it. Well, the very next week we came out and did an all-team gut run cover um, they, they had a slightly different um, approach Sydney which always worries me when um, opposition coaches run a slightly different game plan against us because they have a theory that we just don't do well against them but when your ball carriers are bringing in it inside 50 with no pressure you're always going to be in trouble um, Oscar McDonald had a, an absolute nightmare um, Tomlinson looked pretty good when he went back I, unlike George I thought um, Smith was okay but um, I thought he did a pretty good job. I just think that we really missed a small defender back there in Lockhart or a Jetta. Um, they, they killed us on the ground. Once the ball hit the ground, they got it out the back. Um, so, you know, it's one of those games where you're sure you can point out the back line, um, but really the, the issue is up the ground, not the back line. George, anything uh, you want to add about our back line? Yeah, we'll, we'll disagree about Smith, but we obviously lost the structure completely there. And I, I remember seeing Stephen May 
furious at times um, because players weren't in position mm. and um, those first couple of goals that Sydney got, particularly in that second quarter, were where there was no player within five metres of, of the Sydney player who marked it not subsequently goaled. Um, things just weren't working down there, whether it was because we had uh, we lost Hibbert, who is um, uh, reliable and knows where to go and when not to go. Um, Oscar, like you said, had a had a nightmare of a game. Um, I don't think Smith knew, knows how to um, link in with the rest of the players. Um, he hasn't played in uh, in that role for the, basically the whole season. Um, and a couple of times there, we saw um, uh, last defender you know in the space was Langdon, and, and that's just not what's what should be there should be um, other defender, other prime defenders down there. There in the role, we can't expect Langdon to be coming back, trying to be the last man, last man saviour goalkeeper. Um, uh, I think the move to uh, put Oscar up forward was just one of those desperation ones that we had to try something because the forward line was so completely uh, inept. Um, and surprisingly, when we put Stephen May up there, we we looked like a forward line again but uh, that's another another story I think on its own um, but we hadn't had too many problems down the back line for a start when uh, that ultimately cost us the game um, hopefully we get a small back like Lockhart um, who's again a, just a natural sensible footballer not trying to do too much and not trying to be spectacular he just sits in the right spot uh, Rivers um, was fantastic um, number of times again that he he's in the right spot because I think he's a natural footballer as well but um, the back back four structure fell apart very quickly in this game yeah that's a that's a good point actually I've, I've forgotten in the second quarter I think it was um, there was a goal that we gave up where Langdon you don't see it too often where exactly as you say the structure broke down and Langdon was looking around pointing at May and May was Sort of just you know gesturing as to who, what the hell happened, um, and you know without putting it on Smith, one of the challenges of moving your back line around and, and taking key parts. Obviously, Hibbard was a uh, out, but we had Harms had been playing there all season, and we took him out. Um, and um, is that you know when you're playing a zone defense, is everyone's got to know where they're got to be? And clearly, there were three four times where. People weren't where they were supposed to be, and you could tell that by the way they were pointing at each other. Mm. Um, and when it happens to uh, other teams, I remember Hawthorne, something similar happened to them when we were playing them. Um, you know, it looks terrible, doesn't it? Um, it looks, the body language looks terrible, but, of course, on both of those occasions, they made us pay and kick the goal. I think one of them was the young kid the, um, who, who kicked it from an angle. Yeah, when you bring up uh, Langdon, that did happen a few times to him, but he shouldn't be the one back there. Um, so I don't know what happened there. Um, anyway, I think I'm at the end of, of my notes. I, 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 my last thing that I wrote down was uh, Langdon was uh, the best for us, despite the costly misses. Uh, the rest, a couple of had, had pass marks, uh, Brown, Tomlinson, Gorn, May, the rest. Missing in, missing in action is all I wrote. So um, I don't know. Is there anything else about this particular game you guys want to bring up? Because I'm I'm all out. <laughs> well, the, I, uh, 3183D in the 
that mentions uh, leadership. And, and I reckon it's a huge issue for the club, has been for mm. a long time. Stephen May brings it. Um, he, he makes his teammates accountable. He makes it clear when um, he's angry. I mean, I remember the hullabaloo last year when uh, he on-field criticised Frost. But that's, mm. you know, you look through that at a different lens now. Um, you know, the question mark in that game is if it was Geelong, if that was Geelong um, playing the the, um, the the Swans in that game and they had to win that game, you just know that Dangerfield would stand up. You just know that Selwood would stand up. You just know that Ablett, even if he was half injured, would stand up. You just know Hawkins would go back and kick that goal from a difficult angle or or one of their mids or, you know, you just or, or Duncan or you just know that, that one of the leaders multiple leaders would stand up and do it. Um, and the question I'd be having if I was Goody is, which of you stood up yesterday? I mean, Gorn tried, but, you know, he, you know, Petrarca looked out on his legs. Jones and Melksham, they're the senior players. Melksham did his disappearing act again. Jones made a, um, a couple of stupid decisions. That's the issue for a big issue for the footy club. Um, you don't win those games without leaders standing up. And sometimes that's just what it takes, like the previous week with May standing up. So, you know, that's a huge issue for uh, the Ds, I reckon. 100% right. Uh, good point, uh, 3183D. Um, uh, uh, George, anything else on this game before we move on? No, we, we want, to, <laughs> want to forget about it as quickly as possible. <laughs> that's that's what I'm trying to do. Um, yeah, so... Um, I'd just say one more thing, yeah. only about the... the this game in terms of the pattern and that's the question mark still that I went back to before about um, about Goodwin and his ability to get us up for these big games. So, you know, that one is as big a game as when they beat us in 2018 at the end of the season that you mentioned last week um, and hopefully not quite as big because, of you know, we're still a chance of making the finals but if we don't, we will be out of sheet at home to this game. But similarly, the, the last round of the um, season in 2017 when we failed to beat an equally poor Collingwood to make the finals that year. I mean, that's three big games where for whatever reason, whatever the background is for the players being fatigued and all of those external factors, that the fact remains is that the Melbourne Footy Club haven't been mentally switched on in games that are must-win games. And so that's three. That's a pattern that's building. Um, and, you know, um, coaches and everything, but that's a pretty serious blot on his copybook, I think. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, look, <laughs> there's a lot of factors uh, involved uh, uh, look, it all depends on what ends up happening this year, whether we make the finals or not. Uh, but then there's the, all the financial issues, COVID issues, uh, the fact that, you know, they, they can trot out excuses if they want. Uh, be interesting to see what Glenn Bartlett says in the in the coming weeks, uh, depending on what happens. But, yeah, uh, supporters are frustrated. Uh, you can see we've got a thread on Demonland uh, that just keeps uh, called he's, he's Goody the, the right guy and that just every time we have a loss that gets a lot of uh, a lot of traction. So it's certainly going to be interesting. But you got we've, we, it just seems we just, as you said, we don't turn up for these games and supporters are losing patience. Um, they just can't, can't keep and happening. Just on a practical level, there was a great post from someone today, and I apologize, I can't recall the um, poster's name, who said that he's a, a member, long-term member, and he called the club today to say that, I think he, from what I'm, I understand, 
Stan from what he wrote that he must be on a higher membership rate and that he wasn't stopping his membership but that for next year he wanted to he must be on an automatic debit um, and he wanted to bring his debit down to a normal membership um, and said that the person who took the call said they had dozens of people calling wow. already that day to either cancel their membership or stop the automatic payment um, said the woman was a Melbourne fan and a member was, you know, upset and that understood. But um, you know, I think that's the that's the it in a nutshell. At a time when you can't afford to lose members, to have dozens of people calling up and stopping their membership, I mean, that's a. As she, he also said that Pert gets a report on that every day. Um, and so, there's, I mean, it goes without saying, there's pressure building um, and, um, you know, deservedly so. That's very interesting uh, considering we were one of the clubs um, that they highlighted saying that we had the least amount of uh, people uh, cancelling their memberships as a result of us not getting any value this year uh, out of our memberships uh, or very little <laughs> value. And I'm not talking about the, the what, game what results. What COVID could do to the club. Melbourne footy players have done to the Well, club. that's uh, that's exactly right. That's very telling. And if people are, are going to be not necessarily cancelling their memberships, but saying, hey, I'm, you're not getting a direct debit out of me and I'm going to wait, maybe wait a couple of rounds into next year before I re-up, that, that's uh, you know, already when uh, people have got hardship, you know, their own hardships financially. Um, yeah, that that's, that's very worrying. So, hmm. But that'll be interesting. I did see something on social media. Someone uh, had posted on Facebook uh, an email that they they wrote to to Glenn Bartlett and then then copied the the reply that they received, and he was going to give them a personal call back. Um, we've got a call on the line. Hold on one sec. Good evening. Welcome to the Demonland Podcast. Who am I talking to? You're talking with Grapeviney. Oh, Grapeviney, very nice to, to hear your voice. Um, welcome back to the Demonlanders. Good evening, uh, George and Binman and all the Demonlanders out there. Very, very nice to hear your voice and welcome back to the Demonland podcast. I wish I was back under better circumstances, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately that's our lot in life. I just wanted to say one thing while you're wrapping up the uh, the Swans game, um, and I know that you guys mentioned it and there was quite a bit of talk about it in the post-match thread, um, and, and that's the um, criticism of Max and Langers at the end for missing their late shots. I mean, the key, to, the trick to all that is to not be four goals down with 10 minutes to go when you're kicking into a wind in the wet. Um, you know, under those circumstances, you need absolutely everything to go right. And 99.99% of the time, it's not going to happen. There's going to be an errant kick. Um, along the way, whether it's goal or, or uh, um, while you're going forward. So I just thought it was a bit harsh, particularly on um, Langdon, given the, the game that he played, and, and Max was pretty good too, um, for sort of people to be um, putting the blame um, on that at the end. Yeah, fair, fair point. Um, uh I certainly wasn't uh, putting any blame on them, but uh, I know that there were some people online today. Um, uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's a fair point. Great. The um, you know, it's still nonetheless, we had a chat. Your point, um, spot on. But you kick that goal, we do go to eight points. If Langdon kicked that goal, we were only eight points down with full four and a half minutes to go um, yep. at that stage with mo what momentum there was. 
Um, of course, you're right. Before, we, we missed plenty of easy ones before that, but that was there straight from 30 metres out. Not that he played great games, so did Maxi. I didn't, Maxi's was neither here nor there to an extent because we weren't really going to be in it after. But if Langdon kicks that goal, we're eight or nine points down with four and a half minutes to go and a big chance of winning it. And sometimes you've just got to set those games out of the, the fire if you can. Yeah. I mean, look, there was, there was still plenty of time, as you say, had he kicked it. Um, but, yeah, look, you know, the week before against the Saints, we had our kicking boots on and couldn't miss. Um, and here it was the, uh, you know, it was the opposite. Brayshaw should have nailed his on quarter time. And Mitch Brown should have nailed his first shot on goal too. Um, we kicked very totally. poorly with the wind. Totally. But the difference to last week was, and it goes for me back to technique, last week the conditions were apparently absolutely breathless. There was not a wind, not a zephyr. Um, and um, this week it was windy and it's just poor technique. It's exposed. Langdon has got poor technique. Gorn, of course, has got terrible technique. I didn't, you know, I was not surprised either, Mr. because... Yeah, that factor, and you know, you can't fix poor technique, unfortunately, or you can't do much to fix it. He gets away with it because he's able to find so much space that most of the time he's kicking um, without any pressure at all. So he's able to get by um, most of the time. But yeah, you wouldn't want to be relying on him to um, to win you a game off his uh, off his boot after the siren. No, he said you make an excellent point about those two. It is a bit unfair for them getting heat because Langdon was fantastic in that game. I mean, he he didn't leave anything out there, did he? He just ran all game, and nor did Maxi. Maxi wasn't as yep. impactful as he has been, but geez, you couldn't knock his effort. And there are plenty of players in that team you could whose effort you could knock. Look, I don't think you can can blame uh, those misses when we're playing catch up football. I think the blame's got to be uh, in that those five unanswered goals. And it's happened a few weeks in a row. We've had uh, lots of three, four, five uh, sets of unanswered unanswered goals, and that's when it kills you. You can't be five goals down and then complain later when um, a couple of guys miss it to not get you within nine points. Uh, um, yeah, the de- damage is already done. And that's where yeah. the, the comment about the leadership rings so true because – that's where your leaders also need to, to step up, to arrest the momentum. When a team kicks five in a row, that just shouldn't happen. There needs to be a go-to way to a circuit breaker there. And, and often in um, good teams, it's the two or three leaders step up at that vital time to stop the momentum travelling all one way. Um, and it, under Goodwin's um, tenure, there's been you know any number of games where the opposition have kicked four or five go- goals in a row and it, it really shouldn't happen. Yeah, by now they really should have something sorted. Um, You know, it happens once, happens twice, but, you know, there's half a dozen games that's happened to us in over the last 12 months, so not good enough. No, certainly not. Um, uh, Well, moving on from from this game, um, I guess we – let's – Focus on what, what, what have we got? Three days from now, four four days from now. What is it? Friday today. We're playing on Monday. Um, changes uh, coming. We're, up. we're probably probably already on the bus <laughs> to get to the airport <laughs> to take our boat to our next match. So no, the uh, travel travel started. So we are we're we're still in. Uh, I, I hope we're still in Cairns. Are we? We are. Yes. We okay. Are. <laughs> yes. So. Um, uh, 
did, did, now, do we know, did they bring the whole team over? Uh, do we have a choice of players uh, to pick from? Um, does anyone does anyone know who came over? I assume it's that's, no. <laughs> that's a good question. I, I, I don't know, but even when we played um, in Adelaide, um, they sort of had half a dozen extra extra players um, that we saw in the rooms. So I'd imagine it'd be similar for the, for up there as well. You really couldn't take only 22 or even 24 up um, when you're going to be there for two weeks or 10 days. We, do we, do we, we've got some injury. Look, there's uh, – was Brayshaw confirmed to be injured? He's looked like he did something to his ankle. Um so I'm not sure. Yeah, his, his was his was an ankle, and um, uh, he did come back on in the in the last quarter. Yeah, Certainly, yeah. he was on the la- ground in the last quarter. But um, you know, you, after three days, that you do have to worry whether the whether the swelling has gone down. He's obviously gone down to the room and had, had a jab in it to yeah. make him feel good for the, the time being. But is there any real damage down there? We don't know. Jones, I suspect, has done a quad. Mm. Um, which I think would put him out for four weeks at least. Um, so we'll need a necessary change there. Uh, is Hibbert available this week uh, after another five days? We hope so, but um, you know it, it's um, uh, another question mark there. Um, don't know about the other; those are the injuries components. So I think we've got more problems with the heart muscles on the uh, <laughs> on the field than the than the sore legs. Great, Viney, what changes are you making this week? Uh, well, Cozzy Pickett has to come back into the side. Um, uh, we certainly certainly missed him, although I think he had to, had to miss because he looked tired the week before. Um, look, I'd be very tempted um, to, to bring Harley Bunnell back, um, uh, even though I think there are question marks on, you know, his defensive efforts. Um I'd, I'd be very tempted to, you know, to inject his skill in into the forward line and, and his pace too. Um, uh, I was surprised that Lockhart wasn't back in the team already mm. um, uh, already for yesterday's match. Um, and I think, look, the other one um, probably for mine is whether Tom McDonald comes back in um, at at, uh, at Brown's expense. Um, the forward line mix isn't right at the moment. Um, I don't think Melksham and uh, Fritch uh, and Wiedemann all work well together. I think it's just there's just not enough defensive stuff going on. Um, having said that, I, I can't really see either of those two players being dropped. Um, and if it did come down to them, well, if, if Fritch was kicking straight, it wouldn't be a discussion at all. Um, Melksham to be out of the team in in a heart, but Fritch just um, has been kicking poorly all year for some reason. So um, his value really diminishes um, with that poor finishing. Yeah, I don't know what ha- I don't know what happened to him. He was such a such a straight kick. He he was one of the guys you'd you'd want ball in hand, and now you you don't want him anywhere near it um, in terms of set shots. Uh, Bin man. No, it's. I mean, one thing that, that it's. If you look back, I'd love to know how many players we've picked this season. We've had a full list to choose from, and right from the 
restart the game against Carlton. It's been the merry-go-round of players in and out. And um, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about, I think it was 15 players through our forward line. Well, now we've got a couple more through there. We're talking about changes into the... I mean, I totally agree with Grapevine. There's that sort of combination doesn't seem to be working. And at least part of that's um, because of it's got to be synergy. You know, they've got to know where the space is. And um, I, I actually think a big problem has been, you know, we're surprised, maybe not surprisingly, but we've really missed Jackson. Jackson and Wiedemann yep. were seemingly yep. starting to get a really good sense of where each other were. Jackson's mobility's been yep. really lacked. And also he, he was applying pressure inside 50. But Melksham... Not only is not applying pressure inside 50, he's no good for a contested mark. And a player his size should be taking his fair share of contested marks. He just doesn't take anything overhead anymore. Um, and he's not tackling, uh, nor is Fritch. Fritch is not taking his marks either. Um, so it's really hard to know, you know, that forward line. But it just seems there's been so few weeks where there's been um, no changes. And, you know, again, they're going to have to make changes Again, they're under pressure. Cozzy probably could have done with another week, um, another game, I should say, off. But, you know, they probably are going to have to bring him back in, which is what does that say about where we're at, that it's important that you bring a kid back who's in his first season of footy. You know, he's only 18 still, I guess, or 19. So, you know, it's really sort of a, a discombobulating season in many ways, but it's not been helped by the selection rotation that just seems never to stop. Yeah, well, the, the the compressed fixture hasn't helped. The flying all over the country, um, you know, how, how many times do we usually fly interstate? It's five or six times a year. Um, you know, the, the, the travelling to and from, you know, usually it's uh, 20 minutes, half an hour for the guys to get to the, the G. And now we're travelling two hour, you know, two hour, four hour round trips, three hour round trips. It, it's a lot of factors. Um and that would contribute as well to the uh, you know unsettled team. But then again, we're, most of the teams are in – almost all the teams are in the same boat. And other what teams don't have the good run with injuries that we've had. Mm, true. Yep. What changes would you make, Andy? <laughs> I have no idea because every time I, I think I, I've nailed it down, I, I, if, I, if it was up to me, there'd be probably be about 10 changes this week and uh, that's not going to happen. Um, I, I'd like to bring in some leg speed. Um, I think uh, we've had a few players who have been a bit unlucky not to get selected, but uh, it, it, then, then again, we're making – if you go by some of the – I want Bedford in, I want um, – I want Benell in, I want Lockhart in, but then we're making another five or six changes. Um, and I think there are guys that are getting games without uh, without earning it. Um, I think Milksham's been pretty poor um, this year. Uh, I don't know how Jones was getting a couple of games, um, but I'm not the coach. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I think, I mean, Oscar McDonald will get dropped, I think, probably, and um, Tomlinson will then have to go back, and I, I don't think he's good deep, but um, no. they don't freeze up space on the wing for Oscar Baker potentially to come in. Jones will definitely go out. Um, well, not definitely. Uh, I think he should go out, but that um, injury uh, might take that off the table as an option. Um, but, yeah, I mean, also Bedford, you've got to wonder what Hunt, where Hunt's at uh, in his career if he can't crack it into this side at the moment either. Do we bring Vanderberg back? 
I was going to say that um, I bet you Vandenberg will be brought back, and I don't yeah. think that he's the answer or is not quite what we need at the moment. Um, even though he does, you know, bring certain qualities, but um, yeah, I, I'd uh, I'd be betting my money that he will return. Um, uh, B-Man, you're, you're good with uh, opposition analysis. Uh, what do we do need to what – are, what are your concerns with Fremantle? Well, actually, I mean, uh, as I've said a few times, I have a theory, a developing theory, <laughs> that we, um, we, we don't do well against teams that have a different game plan or a sort of radically different game plan, and Swans do. And so I think it was part of the problem. We looked a little bit – our structure looked – a bit out and partly because it doesn't sort of match up well. St Kilda's the opposite, Collingwood's the opposite, um, well, not opposite game plan. We have a similar game plan, similar structure. We have a very similar structure to um, Frio. Um, Frio are playing straight out of the Ross Lyon, um, Ruse sort of game plan of defence first. They're very zone heavy, like their zones are even more um, defensive than ours and um, you know all season you know they're at the stage where new coach Longmuir is trying to drill in um, the um, a system to them and so they're not allowed to go from that system there's no you know they're really looking to build that system out um, so I think that the matchup is really good in terms of two systems um, so I think that that will be okay in terms of our structure but again if it's windy you know, we'll struggle. Uh, you know, um, I'm not going to make any predictions about how this game's going to go. Um, apart from the likelihood Hogan will line up and kick six goals on us and, you know, probably beat us with a kick after the siren. But apart from that, I'm, I'm fairly confident. <laughs> I, I watched Frio um, the other day and Jesse was playing up the ground, um, more at centre-half forward um, and doing his usual good running and uh, took took a number of good marks, actually, Um Really worked himself into the game as it went on. So, um, yeah, he might be might be hitting his straps after a, a pretty indifferent um, and, and injured period for him. If I was uh, if I was coaching, um, I would tell the Melbourne, and we will not do this because it's not our style. I'd be getting the Melbourne players and just be roughing him up, all you know, just giving it to him all night. But we won't do that. <laughs> Just getting to his head. Sorry, the real risk of this game is that if we don't bring the required gut running to play our system, they will. They absolutely will. They were um, the game, I forget, two weeks ago who they played, but they stayed in the game the whole way. The game I watched them play Sydney and it was the most boring, dull game you'd ever want to see, but they worked the whole game. They just ran and ran and ran. And if we don't do that level of running, they'll beat us. Um, pretty much everyone will because we don't have that ability to win the games, you know, just on our talent like Richmond does or you know, the sort of strength of their system can roll over teams. So if we don't bring that running and if, if we can't, then we're in trouble like from fatigue because um, they will, they're fit and um, Longmuir's got a good system, albeit a sort of pretty low-scoring dull one. Yeah, well, they only well, they kicked four goals the other the other night. Um, they've been producing some pretty low low scores. Um, hmm. Our run home, uh, it's the equation sort of simple. I think um, we've got the percentage over the Bulldogs. Um, so if we go win for win, 
<coughs> excuse me, win for win with them. We, we should uh, finish above them. Um, and if we beat GWS, uh, we've got the better percentage um, over them. So three wins, we make the finals. Um, I don't believe anyone else can overtake us if we win all three. So uh, the, the, you know, the... Uh, sort of the our destiny is in our own hands so we need the three wins um i think if we if we lose to gws i don't think we can make it so the equation's extremely simple uh, I, I, personally i don't know if we're going to win another game for the rest of the year but that that could be my mfc uh, ss great viney uh can we make it uh, well, as you say, we can. I well, don't that, think we will. Yes. Um, I, I was ex- I was actually quite confident going into the um, into the Swans game. I thought we were going to um, put in a sort of a, a professional, um, mature performance, um, if you like. But uh, obviously, that didn't happen. And uh, yeah, I just think that with these shortened. Um, you know, there's shortened breaks between games. Um, yeah, there's there's just too much left to other other factors going on at the moment. And I, I no, I don't think we'll we'll get it together to win all three. George? We'll drop one probably to the Giants. Well, if that's the one we drop, that's that's curtains. Um, George, and not can we? Because we obviously mathematically we can. Will we? Will we? Yeah. Uh, that's an easy one. We'll save it up to the last game and lose. <laughs> that That's the most Melbourne outcome there could be. That is 2017 all over again um, where yeah, we do we do the job over, you know, obviously beat Fremantle and, uh, and do the job on GWS to set us up where we just need to win to be in. Um, and the AFL will probably schedule that game for the last one of the round. And uh, just watch us fall to pieces against Essendon, who won't be playing for anything likely. They're they're out of it. Um, yeah, very Melbourne. Um, <laughs> bin man. Yeah, they'll, they'll, what will happen is that we'll definitely beat Frio, we'll definitely beat GWS, <laughs> and then we will play Essendon as the very last game of the round. Just prior to that, because they are out of it, half their team will get out on the tear and get um, done for a COVID breach. So they'll have to bring in just, you know, they'll play every one of their last bootstrapper and have <laughs> the worst team possible, yet will still be, um, be beaten by them by a kick after the siren. That's, you know, that's how I see it playing out. Well, we, we've done that against Essendon once before. <laughs> we lost yeah, to a right. second string team. <laughs> it's like a VFL team, not even. Was it? So, was it I mean, West Coast and Adelaide that we had to watch in 2017? Yes, that's what I was yeah. going to say. And so that was Adelaide were top of the ladder. They were over in Perth, but uh, they were a better team than West Coast. And then they lost to, to the Eagles. Um, but because I, they didn't, they didn't need to win. They had top spots secured. I think. Yes, they if did. If I remember correctly, yeah, they did. And so what I can actually see happening as well is maybe. Uh, we do what we said, beat, beat Frio, beat, uh, beat GWS, and then uh, lose to Essendon, uh, but then maybe have to wait for the Giants' St Kilda game uh, to be played out. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and that one, that, that's more Melbourne. I did actually, I watched the, after watching the Melbourne game, I sort of was in a bit of a daze, 
and watched the part of the Carlton um, GWS game and just found myself sort of numbly willing Carlton to win. Well, that and would have been a good result. Point after point, it was yeah. like some sort of weird water torture. That actually, we needed Carlton to win that because that would have kept us in the eight uh, for the moment and given us, kept our percentage sort of uh, in play against the Giants, even if we lost to them. So, yep. There we go. That's a, that's the run home, uh, boys. Um, uh, any, anything else you want to talk about? Um, uh, anyone know of any good yeah. kebab places uh, where I can get a kebab tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Richmond players know where there's a couple. I've got some news. Go ahead. You, you go ahead. Yeah, I've got some news for Bin Man. I'm reading the forecast from the Bureau of MetSite for Monday. Partly cloudy, medium, 50% chance of showers. Wind southeasterly, 15 to 20 kilometres an hour, increasing to 25 to 40 kilometres oh, an hour geez. during the morning. <laughs> Which means they'll still be around at night. <laughs> right, wet and windy. Wet and windy. <laughs> a perfect, uh, perfect storm for for the days. Um, uh, just on on that Richmond um, thing, uh, Great Viner, you'd be familiar with uh, Orchid Avenue, where where this <laughs> occurred. <laughs> oh, no, no, not necessarily the the venue that occurred, but the actual location um, no um uh, andy's right we've we've both been in surface and and together at the same time um and uh, not much good happens it's a it's a pretty small strip of um uh turf in australia the orchid avenue in, in surface paradise but um a fair bit goes on um in that place and and uh, not too much of it is good into where it, where it actually happened, two doors down from that, that's where the police station actually is. That's right. <laughs> it's like yeah. right there. It couldn't have, couldn't have chosen a worse place to have a, a punch on um, if you want to stay out of uh, <laughs> out of trouble. And uh, indeed a restaurant that you and I used to dine at quite regularly too, Andy. Yeah, so, 50 um, doors down as well, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I read the article about it just before um, the show started. I had to laugh the... Um, They've gone out, kicked out of the out of the gentlemen's club. Oh, so they were um, kicked? Were they kicked out of there? That's what it said in the article. Yeah. They were kicked out of the gentlemen's club. They've stumbled to the kebab shop. Some fellas come up to them and started um, a fight and jumped into one of them. Um, they bought their kebabs. I don't know why this is relevant, but the card was declined. It said yes, in the article. Yes, and had to be used by some other team. I have no idea why that's relevant to the story, but there you go. The story said they buy the kebabs. They get in the fight. They then, as the story goes, buy two more kebabs. Yeah, because they they apparently their kebabs were destroyed in the fracas. Um, <laughs> they then bought, but but yeah, when you talked about the F. FPOS was declined and the, one of the articles I read or one of the posts on Twitter that I read said that he transfer, did a direct uh, direct transfer to the to the guy in the kebab shop to pay for it um, that way. So That's brilliant report. They can't get the COVID reporting right, but they can be that specific about what occurred around the kebabs. So if it, they got a $100,000 fine for kebabs, that's 25 grand a kebab. Yeah, it's uh, not a not a cheap night night out. Um, it's um, what, what do you th- what do you think of the uh, the penalty for that? Um, considering it could have derailed uh, derailed the whole season, um, 
uh, I, I believe that that um, Richmond is going to make them pay the two players pay for that uh, seventy five thousand dollar fine uh, because it 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 apparently comes out of their soft cap or something like that and that could potentially um, mean that the, they have one less staff member next year one staff or or or, or, or coach or whatever um, but uh, Richmond going to make them but I, I I think they should have premiership points on the line maybe not for this you know the first second maybe the third infringement but um, I think just a fine to the clubs probably not enough to get through to some of these players perhaps it has to be something a bit harsher Go Wouldn't ahead, you love a job as a football manager for a football club? How many times have these guys been warned and there's been uh, the example set not only within their own club but at other clubs as well about what the expectations are and they still go out and do it? What's the, what's... And, can you, and can you imagine what it's like when the phone rings at one thirty in the morning and you think, this yeah. can only be bad news. <laughs> there's at no this good. Time of the night. There's no good phone calls at three in the morning. <laughs> no, but, that was three thirty in the morning. But what? What? What's 3:30, the? Yeah. Uh, uh, what's the hub situation? I thought they weren't allowed to leave the hubs. Obviously, that mm-hmm. they, you see no. them playing golf or maybe going they to the got, beach. But what? What's the? That same article said they got on the turps at a, a quote unquote AL and club um, event at the hub went back to their, their room, presumably a shared room, kept drinking and then called an Uber to go to, to Orchid Avenue, which sounds pretty harm, harmless sort of name for a street. Um, but uh, so, no, they're not allowed to leave the hub. Was a, um, or I think they are, but not to particular venues or after particular yeah, time. Yeah, I was going to say that surely there's a curfew for the, for the uh, there's got to be. You've got to have some control and, there's got to be a curfew because nothing good can happen at uh, that time of uh, night. So, hmm, it's is a strange one. I, Graveiner, you'll be still with me. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, connecting with these guys through a different method. We're not using Skype at the moment. Uh, we're using a, a, an, another program, and I've been uh, dumped out of it. Not sure why. Oh, right. So it's just so just me, just me and you while I read. Oh, there you go. There you guys are back. I I, I got booted out of this uh, session, but uh, we're back. Um, and you're not recording. Oh yeah. Well. That's right. I'll uh, have to do a lot of stitching together later. If this is going to be a headache, then uh, we might be going back to our, <laughs> our previous method. Um, uh, all right, uh, we might. Uh, the final thing about that Richmond thing, yep. they've had a disastrous off-season. They've done pretty well to be doing so well on the ladder. Um, and I thought I heard that Barm had left the club. Is that right? I think he's still at the club. He's, he's not up in the hub with them. Um, right. But I, ha- I had someone did say something on Demon Land uh, that he would be leaving uh, at year's end, but I don't. I haven't heard anything about that officially. I mean, they've done, they've done well to um, do well on field, given all of the off-field distractions they've had. It's just been a one sort of sideshow after another, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but you know they're still in the mix, and you know they're the type of team that can still win a premiership, uh, <laughs> given all that. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather be them than us at the moment <laughs> and their letter position than us at the moment. Yeah. It's interesting though, isn't it, the way that the commentary then turns out because I saw someone say a couple of weeks ago that 
that Buckley's um, Buckley's infringement in playing tennis um, has impacted on Collingwood, and I know that they're just about to go down um, uh, uh, to Brisbane tonight. Um, and so, so that's been explained as part of the reason there, and yet Richmond have defied supposedly all the other off-field distractions that they've had um, to, to still be going all right. So it um, doesn't seem to be a factor there. Mm, there goes my KO experience. Um, Gravani just spoiled the game. <laughs> the replay that game. Oh. <laughs> well, it's close. It's it's close enough, actually. Game on. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll... it's still close enough. <laughs> um, well, not everywhere in Melbourne. No, no, <laughs> no. It'd be all over. As long as they're not relying on Langdon to kick the winning goal, <laughs> they are actually forward in Collingwood, so it is indeed game on. All right. Um, anyway. All right. Well, uh, well. Uh, thank you, uh, Grape Viney, for uh, for joining us uh, tonight uh, to give your. Thank thoughts. you for having me back. No, of course. Uh, anytime you you want to join us, uh, you're very welcome. I've got to say, look, I, you know, it's been strange to be on the subs bench. Um, uh, well, Binman's um, been in the seat, but look, prior to uh, prior to the Swans game, um, Binman had a very good record since returning to the podcast. I think what's that? Four wins out of five. So um, he was back in 2018 form. So um, not surprised that uh, that he's continued on. Yeah, for a few weeks we were putting up the uh, pretense that he was still just a caller who happened to just be calling throughout the whole show just to try and uh, fool uh, the Norm Smith curse uh, that uh, sort of hangs around us like a bad smell. Uh, but uh, apparently it's a bit harder to get rid of this Norm Smith curse. So. In fact, we might have made Norm Smith even angrier. <laughs> yeah, just by invoking his name. <laughs> Yeah. And, and if we win this week, then uh, we'll expect Grey Fighty to call in again next week. Yeah, he <laughs> might, right. have, might have just. That's why we, we haven't had callers the last few weeks. No one wants to get uh, lumped with the uh, lumped with the expectation. <laughs> with the yeah. All right, Grey Fighty, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, George, Thanks, guys. and uh, thank Thanks, you, guys. thank you uh, to our loyal listeners. And uh, yeah, give us. Uh, we'll be back. I think uh, probably back to our regular days next week. We'll be back on a Tuesday after the Monday game. Hopefully, we have a win. Let's go, those demons. Come on, demons. Come on, demons.